0: Welcome to the Compassionate Capitalist Radio Show with host Karen Rands. A compassionate capitalist is someone who invests their money into entrepreneur endeavors to bring innovation to the market and create wealth for all those involved. Karen shares insights and best practices for entrepreneurs to succeed and investors to share in that success without all the risks. And now. Hello there. Welcome to the Compassionate Capitalist Show. I'm gonna do something a little bit different. I mean, maybe not that different because I've been bringing back some of my more popular shows and reintroducing them. And in the spirit of uh, Black History Month, um, I am replaying two shows that I did back in 2020 regarding Black Americans, Prosperity, Past, Present, and Future. It ended up being a two-part series First one, going through the chronological, I guess the dates and the evolution of systemic racism, the impact that it has had over time in the uh, oppression of Black prosperity, but also in the outright um, destruction of Black prosperity. And then the second one was mostly focused on the direction it is going for entrepreneurs, the people of color, the black and brown community that are striving to gain their, gain ground, I guess, and get the attention of, of investors to invest in them. And I'm not going to rehash those particular um, podcasts. And I hope that you'll listen to them. And if you're listening to this on a on the podcast you normally listen to my i mean on podcast player they are queued up so they will play immediately following this um as new releases if you will and um the second piece of it is if you're on youtube then those links are down in the body of the notes so that you can go to them rather than search for those particular episodes uh, the, the impetus of the reason why I did that at the time in 2020 was because we were coming out of the um, Black Lives Matter marches. Uh, I had uh, it, it was necessary because of so much confusion within many of the white community that I'm involved with that didn't understand why there was a concern about the economics and didn't believe there had been systemic racism. And I felt the need to not only put it out there as an information and education for those that might be trying to understand what that means, but, uh, you know, and hopefully they listen to them as well. Uh, But also because I wanted to have a call to action to the community of investors that I am involved in. Um, From running my angel investor group for a decade plus, um, conducting giant uh, events for entrepreneurs to pitch to investors, as well as small dinners. And in my misperception of access to capital back then, the kind of, of, I guess, outreach that I had been involved with in in bringing more um, investors to the market for those kinds of companies, as well as. Of investors that are represent people of color, right? So I had to have the call to action on it that I think I I re listened to them and I, and, and just to make sure they were all still relevant two years later. And guess what? They are. But what I'm doing in this particular episode, this intro, is to do an update on some of the things that I talked about back then. Because in fact, a few months back, I did a podcast with the venture capital. Um, general, a uh, venture capitalist, Vernon Lee, who heads up the Marathon Fund that is focused on early stage uh, investment in uh, Black and Brown founders and uh, and their companies. And uh, one of the things that he called out on that was transparency. Like, where are we? All these companies sort of jumped on it with the awareness of and uh, really as a call to action as a result of the lives lost and the protests that were, were came out of that for Black Lives Matters, you know, he says a lot of companies jumped on the bandwagon. A lot of, of angel groups uh, or organizations started doing virtual events, very specific to uh, women-owned businesses and, and people of color. And so I said, you know what, let me go do that. Let me go look and see which ones I referenced and where they are and what they have done. So uh, case in point, a couple things. Um, Wells Fargo had not actually mentioned this in my originals, but Wells Fargo was one of those that stepped up with a commitment and uh, to put money into black owned banks. So um, in March of, I think it was 2020, they completed a $50 million round of investment into 13 banks uh, that are part of the African-American minority depository, which is MDI for short, institution, depository institution. And part of that network is anybody that's in those networks, um, banks that are in that network, their customers don't get any fees if they go to, for example, a Wells Fargo bank to make a withdrawal. So there's sort of a, a of an additional connection. So I thought that was that was good. That was important. Um, and in fact, you know, some of these banks have been around for a long time. One in particular, industrial bank, they had started in 1934 and were, so um, they're 86 years plus they started with 192,000 in cash and now have 550 million in cash. Now, it sounds like a lot of money, except that when you look at it in relation to big banks, okay? The bigger banks, a lot of times these smaller banks will get uh, gobbled up, but, um, you know, community banks and whatnot. But in general, money under management, this is part of the reason why there's such a disproportionate number of um black-owned businesses that did not qualify or did not get access to the um, the funds, the PPE funds, and the funds that were put out as part of the COVID economic stimulus package because they don't have relationships with those traditional banks. And that I talk about in the first episode. I talk a lot about that and, and the, the role banks have played in this disparity of wealth between black families and white families, which still is tracking at about uh, uh, 10%, uh, 100%, is it 17,000 to 170,000 is the is the delta. I mean, it's changed a little bit, but not a lot in the last two years. The other thing was, we had a lot of tech companies that stepped up. So you had Apple, for example, that has now they pledged 100 million, And from that, this is what's happened. Atlanta's on fire right now because they created an education hub here called the Propel Center over at, the $100 million pledge was to go into historical black colleges and universities and their programs to cultivate engineers from the black community. And so uh, the link to the article is in my, um, is in the show notes, but they, are Th- that is an app development acceleration center in detroit as well and it's called they call it the racial equity justice initiative regi google that and they have a vc fund i don't know that's vc fund i have to get the exact link in there and uh so students at morehouse the article i saw there were students at morehouse that we're already going into public health and, um, and, and health communication services. So, you know, because there needs to be a, an elevation of education in the black communities and he's taken on getting certified or getting you know, his engineering degree with on Apple coding. So I just thought that was really wonderful. Um, the Southern Company has partnered up uh, with them as well as a Georgia company. To put the Propel Center at the Atlanta University, so that's really exciting stuff as well. And then if we look over at Google, one of the things that um, we uh, one of the things that that had been a big sort of caught a lot of buzz was, and this is all kind of covered in part two of the series. Uh, Georgia, I mean, Google started the Black Founders Fund, and uh, for startups. And they have partnered up with giving money, basically they're giving money to organizations that are already in those communities, providing resources, education, support services, acceleration for uh, businesses that are that have black and brown founders, people of color founders, and other marginalized communities. And uh, in Atlanta, it's the Russell Center for Innovation Entrepreneurship (RCIE), and in Nashville, it was the uh, Nashville in. Uh, Entrepreneur Center in Durham in the south because I'm focused on the south here. Uh, it's a um, American Underground, and then Austin is Capital Factor. we now Capital Factor has been around a long time and helps every very renowned as as being a source of turning things around in Austin and really making them an innovation hub was Capital Factor, and uh, so I was happy to see that they uh, qualified to get. Um, funding from Google for that. And uh, they also partnered up with a nonprofit called 15%, which uh, goes to um, allocating. And I, and I talk about this some um, in both of them when I talk about 8A programs in both of the sessions, but I thought it was really encouraging that um, to get major brands. All right, uh, Aurora James is the founder of that. And major brands to commit to 15% of their shelf space of mostly these are all consumer products would be um, dedicated to uh, black, brown women, marginalized members of our community that normally have a struggle getting into the marketplace and getting capital. And so by um, having these businesses step up and want to do that and and provide that is good. And in fact... I have a, a, co- a company that I'm mentoring through, one of our really profound organizations in Atlanta called Ty, the Thai Indus Entrepreneur. They have a, a very active angel group. And every four months, I think it is, they do a new business plan competition and actually put money in and elevate up women and uh, founders of color that have a, an affiliation with one of our universities to be able to go through this business plan competition that has anywhere from twenty thousand to a hundred thousand dollars attached to it that they get if they win and then they go on to bigger competitions with bigger money and so i'm mentoring a company in that i had been a in that for that event for many years and now i'm i'm mentoring and happy to say that the companies the in the last three years that or the last four times that i've um, mentored them have placed first or second, or in this last time they tied for second. Uh, but uh, I have a company right now that has this really amazing soap. And I was really reluctant because soap is a hard category to try to get attention of investors. But guess what? She went up to New York for a pitch competition and Macy's said hey let's do a trial so i thought that was really good and i and i had a feeling that this organization 15 percent, is who brought macy's to the table for something like that so uh very encouraged by that uh and then so let me also you know share with you because um i just uh within the wells fargo commitment let me uh add to that within atlanta uh it's citizens trust bank in atlanta and carver state bank in savannah but you have like a City First Bank in Los Angeles. Uh, You've got uh, Carver Federal Savings out of New York. You have um, the Savings Bank and Trust out of uh, Nashville, Commonwealth National Bank in Mobile, First Independence Bank in Detroit. That's the one that I referenced that was so old and had stayed the course all this time. Liberty Bank out of New Orleans uh, MF bank out of durham optus bank in in columbia south carolina and unity national bank in houston texas so real broad spread right the google money also a good chunk of that went into the southeast um, compared to the northeast where we have a a lot of lack of capital down in this area but then also i wanted to <clears throat> um share because i searched on you know what is the change in funding um, since 2020 for Black startup founders, and the good news is, it has it. People have put their money where their mouth is, and it has quadrupled in uh, quadrupled in in uh, since 2020 or since that time, the year before, and continues. They estimated at this time, when this was written, that in um, in 2021. That it would end up being a billion dollars more than it had ever been before. When you see the graph on the article, if you go down to the link, it was um, almost three billion dollars in 2021. Where I was, it was only 0.6 in 2020, and one billion. You know, of course, we were in the middle of a pandemic, so that's part of it. But one billion in 2019, a little over 1 billion in 2018. And now it's like a a double that or more. And And it seems like it's continuing on the way that they're paying forward on this stuff. And part of what they credited to which was something that was a call to action in my second was that black investors have been elevated to partner level at venture firms or are spinning out their own funds provide capital to a more diverse. We've had a number of funds that started up in um, Atlanta and, in, te- and in, in Austin related specifically to that. And, you know, part of one of the things that was really interesting because I called it out as a top 100 Black-owned business in um, uh, in my second podcast as a call to action that these businesses, these owners, these Black owners of these businesses that are making hundreds of millions of dollars should have their own venture fund as part of it, or at the very least, as an angel investor, be committing funds to a venture fund. And so I found out that one of those companies, Rocket Lawyer, which I'm a big proponent of, um, I have used them off and on over the years. I recommend them to most of the early stage companies that I work with and mentor that and it's just a really great service. Well, it turns out, you know, I never really thought of it as a startup, but Charlie Moore, the founder of it, 25 years ago, he was practicing law in Silicon Valley, Sand Hill, and had this idea to do this and struggled, struggled, struggled to get capital. Now, here we are 25 years later, and he just raised $223 million in growth capital making it one of the largest funding rounds ever to a startup founded by a Black entrepreneur. So rah-rah, I have reached out to him. So if you know Charlie Moore, I've reached out to him to ask him to be a guest on my show. So please, Charlie, if you're listening to this or somebody knows him or knows somebody in Rocket Lawyer, tell me to get on the Compassionate Capitalist Show. We need to hear his story. Y'all need to hear his story, right? How did he do that? How did he get through that? All those ups and downs and the, the the struggles and the triumphs. That is something that we really would like to, to know more about. So according to Crunchbase, this article was Crunchbase, 35 black founded companies raised series A and B rounds in the first half of 2021 with 10 deals over 20 million or more each. That is big news right there, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, really, because that's not just, um, an A round, you know, like a seed round where they raise it from, that's where you get into serious competition for funds from angel groups, from venture capital funds. And the fact that that's, you know, real happening. Um, and, you know, even like within Atlanta, we had 350 million that went into Calendly. That's an Atlanta based company. And um, 115 million went into uh, Southern California firm, Savage X Fenty, it's a, a fashion firm. And then a New York based Ag tech, Grow Intelligence got 85 million. So you see it really starting to happen. Now, you know, the gap is still wide, but the fact that, that not only, and, and one of the things that we said, uh, you know, at that time that I understood is that, you know, it wasn't so much that these organizations were ignoring or choosing not to invest in people of color as founders. It was more that they weren't allocating resources to it. They weren't allocating um, intention because many uh, entrepreneurs uh, don't feel like they had the opportunity to, they, they felt intimidated. They felt the doors were closed to them. Um, but now they have, they've uplifted and raised up their profile. And those organizations are saying, come, come, come. And we're going to set aside some capital just for this. So please, the doors are open. Come on in, come and apply. And, uh, you know, they, everybody still has to be highly qualified you know, they don't want to, it's not, it's not a charity. It's capitalism, compassionate capitalism. And that means you're going to make money. Your intention is to make money as a capitalist, but your compassion says, I have discretion on that. I can choose the industries I want to invest in. I can choose the type of founders I want to invest in. And by choosing certain industries and founders that normally um, have to have a harder time competing for capital, then you raise the entire economy. You create wealth in, in markets that you didn't create wealth in before. I talk about this all the time when I do um, uh, keynote presentations to economic folks. And so this is the best way to lift up your communities is to encourage and grow entrepreneurism. And it's not just because you put something in that gives them a course at a university. It has to be the full the full food chain, if you will you know, to be able to go from start all the way to finish. So with that, I could talk about this stuff because <laughs> I love economics. I love entrepreneurs. I love helping investors create wealth, identify the, the entrepreneurs that have high risk flags associated with them that are really obvious to me because I've done this for 15 years in screening companies, mentoring companies, helping investors not lose money in bad investments when they choose to ask me or hire me to help do their due diligence. And of course I wrote the bestseller on would you, should you, could you? And how do you go about being an angel investor, inside secrets to angel investing? You can go to my website, karenranza.co to get that information and also figure out how to, uh, what the services that we offer, if you wanna set up an appointment with me, fill out the contact page and we will chat. And uh, with that, please listen, share these podcasts, get this information out there. It's important for people to understand the challenges and why the things that have been done, you know, that many people say is enough for the equal opportunity and it's not enough because of, of, of historical reasons. And people's lack of awareness and just plain old don't know what they don't know. They don't know. And so now you do. And with that, onwards and upwards, thank you for tuning in. Have an awesome day.